0: Welcome to Weekly Grooves. My name is Tim Houlihan. And I'm Kurt Nelson. Each week, Weekly Grooves picks a current article or news topic, and we explore it through a behavioral science lens. We dig in to help you understand the psychology behind the headline. The specific topic is current, but the insights are timeless. So, Kurt, what's up for this week? Okay. So, for this week's topic, we are starting to look forward at how do we go back to work as states are starting to relax their stay-at-home orders.
1: Yeah, and we were kind of caught by this uh, May 20th article on HBR.com by Joseph Granny called Five Tips for Safely Reopening Your Office, which tapped into one of the things that Kurt and I have been thinking about recently—
0: What can be done to help people get back to work safely? Recently, we've seen an uptick in articles about how companies can open back up. But what we've noticed is that most of those articles are focused on the structural or process components of opening back up, such things as taking people's temperatures before they can enter the building, creating physical distancing cues or structural changes in the office, protocols for what happens if someone does come down with COVID-19. Yeah. And by the way, all of those are important things to consider for your company. Definitely. And we share a link to one of those playbooks in the show notes that highlights this. However, what we haven't seen as much is the behavioral science approach to how employees and customers may be responding to coming back to work. Oh, absolutely. And while Joseph Kearney's article
1: talks a little bit about this, we intend to dive in deeper. All right, Tim, where do we begin? Well, let's just start um, with what Grenny states in his article. He's got five practices for creating safe workplace. And, and those are, first, require please and thank you. Number two, hold a COVID boot camp when you return to the office. Number three, practice with fire drills. Number four, perform daily rounds. Number five, keep scores publicly.
0: Okay, that's that's quite a list. So let's unpack that a little bit more. All right. So uh, starting off on requiring please and thank you. Basically, uh, Granny is saying instruct employees that when anyone sees anyone violate safety practices, they remind that they're supposed to remind them of proper protocol, but with a polite please. Please wear a mask when you're in the office, and that when you get that feedback, you're supposed to respond with an immediate thank you, followed by compliance. And he talks about this work that they had done with hospitals where having doctors say thank you when nurses called out this idea of washing your hands, there was a 60% improvement. And I loved the idea that he said, doctors were trained to show gratitude, not attitude.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and from a behavioral perspective, words matter, right? They yeah. drive the culture. And so when if leaders can agree on what the story is and how we're going to behave, they can help set the tone for the whole organization.
0: All right. The second piece, he talks about holding a COVID boot camp when you return to the office. The idea of that boot camp is breaking down those old patterns and introduce new ones. And uh, you know that leader should, should lead and facilitate those.
1: Yeah. And and from a behavioral perspective, this is really great. Leaders are part of the social norms. So let them set the examples. Let them help dictate what that is. And there's really some great moral messaging that goes along with this, right?
0: Yeah, he talks about moral messaging and make a moral case for the change. You know, it's really he's using some injunctive norms versus descriptive norms in that, which is an interesting piece and and maybe not as powerful as actually descriptive norms, but it's still good. Yeah, and there's also an aspect of deliberative practice
1: then, which kind of come we we see in popular literature from James Clear, but Katie Milkman talks about the fresh start, and Wendy Wood has talked about our catastrophic fresh
0: start because of because of the virus. Right, and and the interesting piece about this is that we have this opportunity to set these new habits and, and protocols in place, and that's what these boot camps are for. However, uh, you know this also assumes that employees are coming back all at one time when in fact, they may be coming back in phases. and so you might need to engage uh, each group as it returns and then making sure that it's consistently uh, uh, applied.
1: Yeah. So number three is that he recommends practicing with fire drills, you know, holding daily drills the first week where you ask people to stop what they're doing and practice these new new behaviors and that leaders need to walk these employees through the motions in order to actually make behavior safe and and make it become a practice, which makes sense.
0: Yeah, I think practice, obviously, establishing routines and habits, uh, leadership, demonstrating those things, as we talked about, that they are setting some of those social norms from above. So really some positive pieces there really gets that creates some of those neural networks in the brain, get people to, to be more familiar with that new behavior. All right. So. Performing daily rounds is his fourth piece, where he says, uh, "You know, leadership should go around and and make sure that people are doing what they're supposed to be doing." Uh, as he says, "You don't get what you expect; you get what you inspect."
1: Yeah, yeah that's right. So it's about accountability, and it got uh, us thinking about the idea that you could offer rewards to teams that are performing well. You know, spot awards on the, on the spot recognition of, "Hey, you're doing it. You're doing things right. I'm catching you doing things right."
0: Right. And so the inspection, instead of being a penalty for doing things wrong, you're looking for uh, recognizing those people who are doing the things right. And I think that's a very positive aspect that we can take from behavioral science, showing that that actually improves behavior uh, much better than, than punishment uh, often does. Yeah. And lastly, he talks about keeping score publicly. This is this idea of posting a score from those daily rounds, keeping that up, making sure you post it regardless of if it's good or bad information, but giving people. And from that perspective, we agree. Uh, However, he does talk at the end about embarrassment is a powerful motivator for improvement, of which I would very adamantly disagree. You don't want to be calling about out people and shaming them uh, this is not the, the proper way of doing that. Having that data out there and having people feel embarrassed about it is one thing. But if you're highlighting that specifically is probably not a good thing.
1: Right. All that. There's a, a bunch of research on stack ranking and how in the business world, it really doesn't work to your advantage, especially when it comes to performance issues. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's one thing to have a stack ranking in a game. But it's totally different in, uh, in in the office. And we should also think about uh, demonstrating progress, positive progress, like like Bob Cialdini talks about. And positive progress could be a really good thing to highlight as you go through the recovery.
0: Yeah, it's a social proof mechanism. So again, it's getting to the descriptive norm as opposed to the injunctive norm, which Absolutely. has a powerful, as we've talked with uh a number of social scientists from uh Christina Bicchieri and, and Eugen DeMont talking about those descriptive norms have a more powerful impact than injunctive norms.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, Kurt, what is missing from this discussion from your perspective?
0: Well, this is the key piece that we've seen. It's not only missing from this, which I think this article does a much better job than some of the other articles, but it's this idea that We're coming back and we're doing all of these aspects that are physically process oriented, behavioral perspective, getting people to do the right behaviors. But we're not talking about the emotional side of coming back. And you have to think that people are coming back in very Different ways do do employees feel like they have to come back, or will they lose their jobs? Are they relieved to come back because, damn, working from home has been horrible, and I'm just so glad to be back in the office? Or are they scared? Are they are they going? I, I don't know about this, and I'm still scared. I'm going to catch it and and transfer it. Or do they have all these family obligations and craziness and different things? And so there's an emotional aspect and. And we have not seen recovery and kind of going back to work things that that touch upon the emotional concerns that we have. You even
1: brought up the idea of an emotional plan, like actually have a plan in place for, uh, for to benefit both long term retention and long term motivation, right?
0: Right. So when we think about this, one of the aspects is that we're talking about this going back to work plans, um, these playbooks that are, that are being presented out there that are all about these structural and process oriented. We also, organizations should have an emotional plan that gets at how are you. You going to address these emotional concerns of your employees? Not only your employees, but think about your customers. If you're having people come into a retail establishment, or if you are even in an office environment and you have maybe your clients trying to come in and You know, you want to meet face to face with them. There are both these structural concerns that you need to be aware of. Those are very important, but you also need to have a plan in place for how are you going to deal with the emotional, fear, stress, safety aspects that are going on. You know, and one of the things within an office, we talked about that there might be people who have different viewpoints on the entire pandemic aspect. And as we've seen, masks have become this politicized aspect of people's political viewpoints on this and, and different aspects of it. So if you are in an office and somebody's wearing a mask and somebody isn't wearing a mask, if you don't have that as a set standard rule, then what are the implications of that for how they work together as teammates? And mm-hmm. you need to be able to address those Up front and have a plan in place for that
1: yeah this this makes me think about uh having emotional boot camps
0: right let's use let's use some of granny's own own kind of things here right he talked about having this this, this covid boot camp well we should have an emotional boot camp coming um off of these right and and those those emotional boot camps could be things that have what talk about our feelings. And by the way, we don't have to it doesn't actually have
1: to be called an emotional boot camp. I mean, right. EQ, emotional intelligence has been, you know, taught for 20 years. But this is a good time to reinvest in that, right? So it is about getting our feelings out and increasing our understanding of how other people process things beyond just the way we process
0: them. Right. So it's it's understanding the other individuals. How are they showing up? I mean, it may be important to understand that hey, John is super scared and Sally is not scared at all. And she's really relieved to be here, not only for John and Sally to, to be able to do that, but for leaders to be able to understand. So you can uh, accommodate your conversation in the words that we talked about before. Words are important to appropriate uh, styles for those people. It also helps in in making sure that there's safeguards for people so that they can understand how to deal with others and how to deal with their own emotions. Again, loop back to
1: Grenny's approach. That could lead to emotional fire drills to actually practice uh, how we feel about this stuff and how we're processing it, which might get into meditation or mindfulness. There could, you know, uh, know, our our conversation with Steve uh, uh, Curtis about one of the most important things we can do is to practice
0: being calm. Yeah. You know, taking a quick walk, doing various different things. And this idea, too, of having these random check-ins with people that uh, one-on-one, I think, is really important just to say, hey, how are you doing? What are you, you know, how are you feeling today? Uh, What have you seen? What are some of the things we're going? Because this is an evolutionary piece that is happening really quickly the the way people are feeling about this is changing almost daily and so we need to continually check in with them and you brought up this idea of, of pulse surveys and and getting a, a pulse of the entire organization and again doing that on a regular basis it can't be uh, uh, do one now and do one next month and next month after that because the world is changing so rapidly yeah that you almost have to do it weekly if not even more more frequently than that. Anurag Weiss said risk is a feeling
1: not a number, right? We need to re- we need to remember that right now the biological threat is at one level but wherever that is certainly the the perceived risk level is at a much higher level and we need right. to be able to be willing to address the risk and not just pass it off as being oh that's just silly feelings. No, feelings are real.
0: Yeah. And, you know, and Granny also talks uh, about using please and thank you as part of this element of, of getting people to change their behavior. We also have to think about the language that we're using as as coworkers and as leaders and ensure that we're using emotional words and addressing the emotional elephant that's in the room around this. And so we have to be very clear. And as uh, Liz Fosline said about, you know, work from home is emotionally proofread your emails. Well, we also need to emotionally proofread our conversations, yes. particularly as we're we're starting through this. So yeah. and as Brad Shuck said, <laughs> history is going to judge companies by how they treat their employees. Yes. And and that's gonna have again going back to this long-term idea around retention long-term motivation, long-term satisfaction with uh, the company overall. Uh, It has a big impact moving forward. Okay, Tim, let's recap this. Lots of companies are trying to figure out how they will bring people back to the office or the store, or the plant, and there have been many articles or playbooks that have addressed the process and structural changes that are going to be required. Joseph Grenny's article goes beyond this to talk through tips to help drive the right behaviors with employees.
1: Yeah, he lays out five steps, or practices as he calls them, to help drive the right behaviors. And each of these are important. But Grenny, along with many other authors, are missing how to deal with the
0: emotional side of coming back to work. We feel that companies need to go beyond just making sure the structure and processes are there in order to keep people safe. They also need to address the mental and emotional safety of their employees and their customers. There needs to be an emotional plan as well as a structural plan. Building from Granny's list outlined in the HBR
1: article, we think that companies should conduct emotional boot camps where employees can freely express their feelings and emotions and put in place safeguards to help everyone cope. Companies should consider emotional fire drills where managers check in at random times to see how employees are doing and how well they're practicing their emotional safety
0: steps. Finally, company leaders need to ensure that the language that they use is appropriate and that they are dealing forthright with the stress and uncertainty that coming back to work will bring with it.
1: Well, that wraps up this episode of Weekly Grooves. We hope this gave you a more behavioral way of thinking about the headlines, and we appreciate you listening to the show. If you enjoyed it and found it useful, please share it with a friend and leave us a review. We so appreciate you listening. Now go out and have a great week.